What's up, friends? I'm Maddie, and I serve as a young adults pastor for a church in St. Louis. And I'm Reeves, and I serve as a college ministry leader at a church in Columbia, Missouri. And we're the Oh God Podcast. We are a faith-based podcast that seeks to question things and provide space for people to discover what faith can look like, to discover different ways of thinking and practicing and spending time talking about the ways that church can be harmful and cause harm. So friends, welcome to a faith community that hopes to redefine faith in a world that isn't as definitive as the church can often make it seem. Maddie. What it do, baby boo? (laughs) I don't know what came over me. I don't know what came over me. Don't ever stop. Um, It do good. It do good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. How are you? I saw that on TikTok. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm good. I feel like this week's been kind of crazy. Um. Because on one hand, I feel like I've had a lot going on. And on the other hand, I feel like I've had a lot of downtime to like watch TV. And like, like the balance has been weirdly in balance, which feels abnormal, but is a good thing. Um, So it's been good. Good. What have you been watching? Um, So it's been kind of a blend of things. I saw the new Spider-Man. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. To go spoiler free, Mm -hmm. go see it. Okay. It is incredible. Y'all, yeah. if you have not seen it, it is so good. Um, Nostalgia City. And so saw that, ended up on a big Marvel kick, realized I had never seen the Daredevil series on Netflix. So I've started watching that. Mm-hmm. I'm like hooked. I think I'm like almost through the whole first season. I started wow. it like this Look week. you go. <laughs> you know me. I love a good <laughs> binge watch. Yeah. Um, when you When you get into something, you go quick. <laughs> hyperfixation all the way yeah (laughs) not me oh my gosh so yeah so that's what i've been watching is like a whole lot of daredevil yeah um sprinkling in some like candy crush i've like got back into candy crush so that's you know probably not great Uh um happy for you yeah lots of the game right like on your phone that's what we're talking about no i'm there's not a show eating bags of candy okay Yes, the just crushing it up and snorting it. <laughs> do you know those kids in like sixth grade who yes, do that with the, the smarties? smarties? Yeah, smoking smarties in the back of the bus. Yeah, and you're like, mm. what is going on? Anyway, in childhood. Yeah, have you watched anything fun lately, Reeves? Um. Yes. Okay. So, I don't know how I have evaded watching this show for so long. Have you seen What We Do in the Shadows? No, Maddie. It is like the perfect blend of sitcom and vampires. Oh I don't my know God. how I've not watched it yet. Um, I'd had it, I'd had it like recommended a few times, but I'm like someone where it, like people can recommend stuff to me, but that's not really going to make a huge difference until uh-huh. I just like really put my mind to it. So it finally like um, my hairdresser, we were like talking and we have very similar tastes and like, tv and so she was like you gotta watch this show so i finally did it's hysterical i like haven't watched a show that has made me laugh out loud this often um in a long time it's mockumentary style but it follows this like clan of vampires and they're all just absurd and it's just these are all of my favorite right mockumentary vampire sitcom it's so good that's my love language. Yeah. And it does have some like pretty big people in it. So it's like been popular. I've just like refused to watch. Not refused. I just hadn't gotten to it yet. But uh-huh. 
episode. Yeah. Then. Speaking of that, have you seen Don't Look Up? No. The Netflix thing with like all the celebrities about climate change that like Leo DiCaprio and all of them are in. Oh, that sounds depressing. It's, it. I mean, kind of. Yeah. It's one of those movies that they made it. And it's oh, okay. To so be it's ironic. not like a documentary. They're not just no. talking about climate change. It's no, it's movie. got like Meryl Streep. Okay, and Jonah I was like, Hill I don't have like, the brain capacity right now to just watch something that's like, yes, right, yes, I know what you're talking about. Right now. Well, maybe still don't watch. It's like it's I like ironic in that it's accurate right. though. Okay, so it's like the whole thing you're watching it and you're like, ha 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 ha, because it's yeah. like so true. Um, yeah, but it's really good. Okay, I feel like that I could handle though. I just. I have to stray away from like real things right now. So like the news, uh, documentaries, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. But like staying away from like real stories, I don't know. There's something better about just being able to escape, even if it like has themes that are true. Right. Um, just don't have the emotional energy for facts right now. I guess I uh, completely but, get that, right. and I feel like emotional energy facts this isn't gonna be my best segue um i like it go for it power through you've got emotional emotional energy that's how Uh i feel about the process of deconstruction whoa (laughs) (laughs) sorry y'all i'm i'm off my a game today no you're usually yeah you kill it with the segues so you know good job they can't all be winners no they can't all be winners anyway um yeah, so I feel like we we talk a lot about and around deconstruction, right? I mean, that's like kind of the premise of the show is like our journeys in deconstruction. But I don't think we've really taken time maybe to unpack the movement, talk a little yeah. bit deeper into the definitions, um, what it can mean logistically, as well as like simply talking about explaining deconstruction like how do you describe deconstruction to someone else because we can have the words but it's also a hard thing to articulate and Mm -hmm. like have the right verbiage around and there's so many misconceptions so it kind of feels sometimes like I know it can feel weird for me sometimes even to bring up like faith deconstruction because unless you're around other people who get it like it can be really hard to defend I don't know yeah no absolutely yeah, and I think, I mean, the conversation feels super important, too, because there's also a lot of dialogue happening in Christian spaces, as right. really happens with anything when something becomes popular, like, yes. for it or critiquing it or whatever. And I feel like yes. having the conversation about how do we lay a foundation of what this is for us is important. Because right. right. you feel sometimes like you're fighting for your life out there, man, just, like, yes. swinging it because people have so many comments and opinions when it comes to the process itself. Yes, it's definitely risen in, like, I guess popularity um, just in the past, like, I feel like a couple decades. Um, but, but definitely like really in the past, in like, year yeah. or two. Like, it's, I feel like exploded just with the advent of, like, I don't know, TikTok, the pandemic, like, us being kind of in this microchasm of, like, having to unpack, like, what it is that we believe. Um, we, like, kind of accelerated maybe some of, like, what the conversations that were already happening. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, You know, I mean, because, yeah, we were locked in our house for forever, it felt like. And all of this stuff comes to the surface. But then you have the rise of apps like TikTok, which connected people in conversations so quickly. Right. 
And so suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone in this. And then you see more people feeling comfortable to say like, Mm -hmm. I just don't know that I vibe with this anymore. Um, Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So I'm curious, like kind of before we start the conversation, why do you think people struggle so much with deconstruction? What are your thoughts? You had to like. Do you mean like struggle with the concept of it? Yes. So like not necessarily like I am struggling with the act of deconstructing my faith. But like Uh if I was to share it with someone else and they're like, what is that? Or like there seems to be a lot of like backlash. So I'm just curious like what. Yeah. I don't know. Why do you think people are so frustrated, annoyed, like uh, up in arms about the concept of deconstruction? Yeah. That's a good question, Reams. Um. I think it's layered and somewhat complicated because I think the frustration with deconstruction depends on who you are and what component of it you're wrestling with. Yeah. I think on one hand you have communities of churches where um, I say this, I'm trying out new language. So this is a random side note. I'm trying out new language outside of like conservative progressive right. to more like inclusive or more exclusive yeah um because i've met people who fall on both sides that tend to be more inclusive or exclusive of thoughts or ideas or communities it feels i don't know we're playing right yes i like that. so i say all that to say i feel like there are groups that tend to be more exclusive which also sometimes are identified as more conservative um where your theology feels very um cut and dry Right. Like you're in kind of a state in your faith where you you need someone to be able to provide you with answers to the questions that you're asking. Um, And that's like the place that you're living. And so if you are in that space for a long time and then all of a sudden you encounter someone who is in a place where they're going, yo, I see everything that you're taking in as fact. And I'm actually in the process of like pulling all of that apart. I think you run into this really interesting spot where people are like, well, why are you doing that? And it's almost like yeah. there, there's like a level of offense in like, are you saying that because I'm not doing that, that right. like I'm wrong, right. you know, like um, that I'm wrong and you're right or whatever. Um, and so you see this like weird tension of, of being forced to confront what you're not ready to confront by other people yeah. who are unpacking it. So I think you have mm-hmm. that in other spaces. Um, I think there is just the overarching theme of like the institution of church. And when people begin to ask a lot of questions, you see a lot of holes. Um, and there's this Mm -hmm. fear that deconstruction contributes to like church flight. Yeah. Um, which I mean, maybe it does, but is that necessarily a bad thing or do we just need to unpack Mm -hmm. some stuff? (laughs) Um, so like then you've got that and the like bigger thought that I've had around it lately that, Oscar and Maisie in the background are very excited about. <laughs> They're agreeing wholehearted. Um, is that like the Western church as we know it isn't how church has always been, right? Like Christianity has not existed in this form since its inception. This is no. a recent development in yeah. the way that church functions. And religion as we know it has not always existed this way. Religion is a term that was created when college institutions were created in order to separate what was essentially like Christian from non-Christian in a lot of ways and to categorize people and to, you know, do a lot of things within the sociology realm. Um, But historically, like 
the way that communities of people have functioned in religion have been deeply intertwined culture and religion um politics and religion all of those things go together so deeply it's only really in this like western context that we're pushing for the separation of the two um and i think that plays into it a little bit too because at some point the more you begin to unpack the more you begin to see that it really isn't this like separate kind of space like the more inclusive you become in the things that you believe the more people get added into that mix and the more integrated Mm -hmm. it really becomes in the way that you exist as a community and i think there's less control over the individual and more support of the collective in, in that kind of a space um which is unfamiliar and it's scary and it's threatening in some ways to people and i think that adds a layer of fear so i think like there are so many reasons why I think people struggle with yes. it. Um, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity for people to realize that it's a, a, a space that could be for them if they wanted to engage with it as well. Yes. Okay. That was such a beautiful, like little tangent. I'm so <sighs> impressed Thanks. that you just had that like on your mind. Um, that also <laughs> every once me- in a while, she's got a, a couple <laughs> yeah. thoughts up there. Look at you. Um, Okay, that made me think of so many things. But um, first off, I loved your, um, at the beginning, uh, kind of talking about that idea of using inclusive and exclusive and like sort of trying out new language because that made me think about the fact in general that like we don't have a ton of language. Like this is such a, I don't know, new territory for a lot of people that there's really kind of a lack of how do we talk about this? You yeah. know, we're kind of trying to figure out a lot of the language as we're going. And um, I think there's a need for more like robust vocabulary to talk about exactly what it is we're talking about and what do we mean by this specifically or um, using more inclusive language, language that doesn't maybe divide as much or whatever it may be. But anyways, I just love that because I think that's a good reminder of just kind of like constantly thinking about what are the words we're using? How can we play with the words we're using and maybe those better describe our intention? Yeah. Um, okay, so the um, progressive movement in general, progressive movement in Christianity came out of the emerging church movement, which was like in the late 20th, early 21st century. So kind of like uh, earliest mention I could find was like 1970s where the term emerging church was used by um, uh, two pastors to talk about this idea of like a movement within church that would look at, you know, contextual experimental mission, new forms of church, removal of barriers and division in like um, the idea of blurring the lines between lay and clergy And so, but that has taken a lot of different forms. Like emerging church has literally been like such a wide spectrum between simply wanting to be a little more modern, you know, like maybe uh, like non-denominational churches. Like that could be from some of the stuff I was reading, like there are some non-denominational churches that would identify as emerging church. But then um, sort of out of that emerging church movement comes like a, basically the ability to broaden how we're viewing theology. Right. Um, so that had like has, you know, split into several different like things, but that is kind of where we see deconstruction come out of. Um, deconstruction itself is so, so new that there's yeah. really not a ton. Like I tried to find my darndest to find any sort of like study or, you know, 
anything about um like deconstruction but it is like a fairly new like past decade past five years really Mm -hmm. um type of movement and um which i think like socially is something that is um on one hand something to pay attention to you know that like we're getting to a place socially where we're kind of living through what i personally see as another iteration of a reformation within the church this like absolutely this like next season of the church where we're stepping Mm -hmm. into a new understanding of what it means to be the body of christ yes Um, but i also think it is kind of exciting because being in the midst of that we're seeing this like collective thing happening which to yes. me says like god is literally doing yes. something new um and is shaking the platform of like everything that we thought we were supposed mm-hmm. to be doing um which is a little spicy yeah i'm with you i think so there were like two or three articles that i really centered on with this and one of them like made me get so pumped because it was talking about like what if um just basically the whole idea that deconstruction is the movement that evangelical Christians have been praying for, but yeah. like didn't realize they were like, this is the movement. Like when they're praying for transformation, when they're praying for change, like essentially this author was like, this is what God is doing. And like deconstruction isn't going away. And like, it's shaking the boundaries of what we know. And it's like changing so many things and bringing people back into some semblance of faith who weren't planning, you know, like, yeah it really is it's bringing people in who weren't interested at all because it's like opening all these new possibilities of like that's not what church should be looking like yeah Um, see i love that because i've thought about that so many times i know we've talked about it before um and this thing that happens when you're in some of those uh more kind of like stereotypical evangelical kind of exclusive spaces right um where you're praying for transformation, you're praying right. for a radical reformation, you're praying to suffer for the gospel, right, like you're right. praying all these things. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, this really sucks. Why are all these people doing this thing? Why is this happening? And it's like, yo, you're living in it. It doesn't always have to look like it looked 2000 years ago. Like it's very right. possible that God is a creative, is doing a creative, spicy new thing. Right. Um, and is trying to redeem the places where we've gotten it wrong like yeah. as humans or you know i don't know i just see i think it's like limiting um yeah 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 but i find a lot of hope in that that like the lack of information while that is frustrating because it's like i wish that this was a thing where we would be able to have more to hold on to is also encouraging because it goes like you're you're writing the thing like every time yeah, it's kind of exciting it's like we're on the yeah. front lines yeah it's like every time like you as a listener ask a question and break it apart and land in a new place and find something that works for you you're you're kind of paving a way for another person to be able to do that later right. right you know like we got to this place because people did what they did however like it it all kind of progresses yeah. um and it's it's hard and I feel like that is where I see God moving the most is in, in right. the openness and the newness of it. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. So to like break down deconstruction a little bit more, I feel like I've seen different spaces where they kind of like, mm, I don't know, have these like stages of faith or things like that. Like I know before we've mentioned this idea 
the author is escaping me. Ooh, but the Mc- idea McLaurin, Brian McLaurin. Right. Yes. So there's this idea of it being like um simplicity, complexity, perplexity, and then harmony. And those yeah. are kind of the stages you walk through. Um, but my current like new favorite one is Richard Rohr talks about it, which we love Richard Richie Rohr. Rich. <laughs> We've we love talked Richard about Rohr. him. Um he talks about it in terms of order, disorder, and reorder. And I think that that is just very like, I don't know, it's very clean. Um, yeah. And it just, I feel like walks through it very easily. I will say like one thing that I, the, the more I sit with sort of this idea of stages or things like that, I don't think that they're linear and I don't think right. that it's like an ending process, right? I think that like, so let me break down the stages and then I'll divulge more. But yeah. um, so this idea of order, which also in different places he's talked of as like construction, like if we're using the word deconstruction and let's order would be construction, right? So we're kind of um, building the belief, building the worldview. Um, this is kind of like a tribal thinking, like a group think stage where like everything is very neat answers. Everything's kind of like, this is what we believe. This is the prepackaged, like not a lot of questions, more just like, this is it. This is where we're starting. Um, and in, in um, I read like a few articles of like, Richard Rohr talking about it and uh, this is where he said that a lot of like conservative or like exclusive Christianity can get stuck is in this place of order where like there can be a tendency to get stuck in that place of like it's very clean it's very like here are the answers and that's kind of the bottom line that's it right so then we you can move into like the disorder stage, um, which is like recognizing that there is something more or just like things aren't necessarily congruent. It's not necessarily like this or that. Like things are a little more complex, um, a lot more like questioning. This would be the deconstruction phase. So the phase that like a lot of us are in right now, um, a phase where like everything is just kind of, it feels like things are shattering or, there's questions, there's doubts, um, trying to rethink things. Yeah. Then there's the reorder phase, which um, I I loved, and I'll be sure to link the article that Richard Rohr wrote, because the way that he talked about it was it being this space of like uh, transformation and almost like transcending this idea of like um, evolving or of like that almost being the space of like salvation where it's like mm-hmm. you kind of move into a space of like, okay, here's the, here are the questions. And then almost coming to this place of like peace with it or right. like recognizing that things can exist within the tension, right? Or that there can be a way forward of having still a vibrant faith where we're like learning and becoming accountable and like reimagining what it looks like. Um yeah. yeah, and I think that that's just so gorgeous. Um, oh, also, I do think that this is important to note, but in that article, he talks about how the de- the disorder or the deconstruction space is where a lot of like progressives or inclusive people can get stuck, yep. is in that space of just sort of a cycle of deconstructing, which I do think that 
it's kind of an ongoing process. So I don't think that, you know, just like John Wesley kind of talks about this idea of like working out our own salvation. So right. I don't think we like perfectly land in the reordered space and it's just like grand all of the time. I think that it's kind of an oscillating between like the deconstruction, reconstruction, deconstruction, you know, like you're, you're deconstructing different ideas at different points and you might have some really ordered ideas at different points. So I don't know if it's really a sliding scale. Um, but all of that to say, like finding this way of being able to have like some sense of like spiritual connection or, um, seeing things that like Richard Rohr talks a lot about this idea of a unitive consciousness, like of sort of yeah. like being like connected and unified, which I think is just so glorious. Oh, that man has a way with words and he yes. loves his words, but no, I agree with all of that. Um, mm-hmm. Especially the part where I think going back to your question around why people get hung up on deconstruction, mm. I think it's a, a spectrum in those first two spaces So either you're hung up on the thing that you've always known, you're hung up on the construction or you're hung up on the deconstruction and you can never find a way to just live somewhere in the middle. Right. Um, And I think the like the beauty and the mystery and the wonder that we find in God is that God is bigger than every question we're ever going to ask and more complex than any answer we're ever going to get. And so, like, yeah, you might have an idea of what your answer is today, and it could be the same answer that you have for forever, or it could change, or it could take things on, or you might, like, remix it a few times, and all of that is just, like, a part of the journey. Um, Right. And I think, like, the more comfortable we become with that, the, like, more natural and free-flowing our faith feels like it becomes. Right. And like circling back to the idea in our last episode about wonder, you know, just being able to sit in that idea of like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> and I still have questions, but like, let's be curious, you know. Um, so in my full time job, I work in college ministry and um, we're doing like a thing where students are asking questions and like then I'm kind of just like answering those questions in like one off series. And um a lot of the questions that we've gotten are around like, how can you know for certain like what to believe? How do you know what's right? Um, there've been a few around like deconstruction. How do you know you're not like cherry picking and things like that? And I think um, something that strikes me about all of those is I think our, our faith practice or spirituality in general comes down to intention, right? Like uh-huh. what are we seeking to get out of it? Um, or what are we expecting to get out of it? I think through all of it, we're wanting answers, right? We're seeking answers. We're asking questions. We're hoping for answers. But I think in the ordered space, you are almost like being fed, like these are the answers. Right. And this is it. Sort of cut and dry. This is it. These are the answers. And then when you start to deconstruct, it's like, well, I don't really like those answers. And right. so then it's trying to figure out like, what could the answers be? And I think in the reconstructed space, it's just the learning to be comfortable with you might come up with like there might be some things that you're like no this is what I believe about God and it's definitive like definitively this is what I believe but I think being comfortable with that constant like maybe that'll change in two years like maybe it'll continue to evolve or like maybe it's not right you know like getting comfortable with the not knowing all of the time and being able Uh to sit in that tension and ambiguity 
Yeah. There's something kind of scary about that. I think that for a lot of people, myself included, a large part of my journey, I feel like, was I desperately wanted answers. And so Uh I flocked towards the more like evangelical groups. And so I think that can be a comfort. It's like can be kind of intimidating to not like have the prepackaged answers. Yeah. There's a lot of beauty in it. And there's a lot of freedom in it as well. Like there's less pressure. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm going to probably fumble the bag a couple of times, but it's cool because right. there's grace. I can just keep figuring it out. Right, right. And I think that like effortlessness is contagious. It's something that is appealing to other people. But I also think there is a fear when it starts to conflict with your theology, especially when you're early in the like the what is it? The reordering space. Early in the disordering yeah, space. Yeah, disorder. Um, Where you're like oh my gosh, none of my furniture in my house matches anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, like now I've got yeah, to figure like out it's all how to like, make apart. it work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's really, o- it can be really overwhelming. So I think you begin to see like the empathy in all of it for everyone, but just like the freedom that comes yes. with letting yourself just like not know. Absolutely. And I think that's huge, that empathy piece, because I think everyone is in a different like space with this and like having the empathy to realize like, I don't think there's, you know, for some people they need to be in that ordered space and like maybe they'll move somewhere else on the spectrum. But like, I don't think we should judge people for being in a different space than they are. Right. hundred percent. And I think that's hard on both ends of the spectrum. It's hard because on one end, like, I feel like both people are coming from a space that they can justify within themselves. Yes. And at some point it's figuring out how to... Hold true to what you believe to be true while still recognizing we're just in different parts of this. And right. God is present in both spaces and doing something different in both spaces. Right. Um, and we don't have to be on the same page. Yes. Um, but we also can't disrespect each other either. And I think that yes. is like a huge thing yes. in this as well. The being able to agree to like, you know, disagree, honestly. Yeah. Of- we should still be like loving and caring for people who are in like different spaces. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think a g- great example that I have of this mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is partially in thinking through like the misconceptions of deconstruction in a lot of ways, but is that video yeah. um, that came out recently of Matt Chandler trying to like talk about what deconstruction is. Yeah. Would you um, have to confess? I still haven't seen it. I need to like go watch it. <laughs> I, so it's like an hour long sermon. Oh, and okay. all of my disclaimers, I did not yeah. listen to the hour-long sermon. I did right. only listen to the part that I'm going to quote. Uh-huh. Um, but I did read post-interviews. So we're going to do a, right. a, a both-and kind of vibe here. Um, but I had a lot of feelings when I saw yeah. it that we'll kind of get into. Um, but the kind of the reality we talked about in all of this is that deconstruction has different definitions to different people. For some people... Yes. It's just wrestling with questions about your faith, but you still have faith. Um, For some people, it's more of this dark night of the soul vibe where you're like, I don't know where I'm falling with God and like, what the heck is going Mm -hmm. on? And do I believe this anymore? And this is so hard. For some, it's unpacking trauma and hurt and violence inflicted on you by theology and church spaces. Like, it is very broad. Um, And because of that, I think it's something to talk about with sensitivity. And I kind of, I mean, I confidently can say that I believe that Matt fumbled the bag on that one. He did not handle yeah. it with sensitivity. Um, but this is um, the quote. It's kind of long that he said, 
in his sermon. So he said, you and I are in a day and age where deconstruction and the turning away and leaving of the faith has become some sort of sexy thing to do. I contend that if you ever experience, oh, if you ever experience the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, actually, that that's really impossible to deconstruct from. But if all you ever understand Christianity to be is moral code, then I totally get it. The clip then cuts off right before he says, and if you find yourself in that spot, I'm telling you I love you right now and we'll sit down with you and you don't have to punt this punt on this thing. You might not have ever tried it. So after that sermon got some pretty understandable feedback, um, this is what he said in an interview. A few close friends have reached out to ask me to clarify a few points on the sermon clips where I mentioned deconstruction that are going around. Their concern was that some are thinking I'm saying things I don't actually believe. It seems there are, are as many definitions of deconstruction as there are people going through what John of the Cross called the dark night of the soul or even wrestling through significant and real church hurt. While I use the term, I am using it in the vein of its father, which, as we've said, is a little hard to totally identify. French yeah. philosopher Derrida, who believed that the meaning of a text was unknowable and therefore the truth was not really knowable, which we'll talk about in a minute. deconstruction doesn't mean doubt or theological wrestle or struggling through church hurt which again you aren't doing it so you can't totally define it it does sometimes mean that um Mm -hmm. but he says i have the deepest empathy and compassion for those who find themselves wading through those waters i certainly don't want to make things harder for anyone in those seasons and struggles i've journeyed through all three of those spaces in my 30 years of following Jesus, if that's where you are, I think you're going to get to the other side and see Jesus is more beautiful than you previously imagined. That's the way I'm praying. Now, mm-hmm. I have, as one might imagine, many feelings. The first being um, a disclaimer that we're using Chandler as an example, but he obviously isn't the only person who's spoken out about no, this. not at all. It's also not the worst thing that's ever been said, no. nor the best thing. Like... <laughs> This yeah. is a pretty standard observation yeah. of deconstruction. Um, and it's not super surprising to me that this is the stance that he takes. If you've listened or read any of Chandler's stuff, like this feels pretty on the co- par for the course. And he's naming things people are feeling, which is like, this must be why people are leaving the church. Right. Right. Which yeah. it seems like, okay, face value. Like if I were still in an evangelical space, like I can fully like, of course that would be what you would pin it on first you know is like yes it's deconstruction it's taking all these people away like because it seems like okay people are leaving and they're saying they're deconstructing so therefore deconstruction is taking them away you know it seems like the easy like connection it's the cut and dry connection yeah right yeah and so yeah so you like see all of this um and there's like so many comments he makes in just that short (laughs) paragraph though that like we need to unpack. I mean, yeah, it didn't it, look that he said the sexy thing. That one oh, just made me uncomfortable. Like, could you choose a different? I mean, why? Got, yes, that's like pastors being like my smoking hot wife. You know, like why do we? It's like you're using sexy because you think it's sexy, um, right? But the first major issue that I have with this is it is kind of it feels very tone deaf to the reality as Matt Chandler that many of the young people that you are talking about learned the theology they're deconstructing from from you like you were the guy that taught them this stuff 
They're reading your books and watching your sermons and listening to your podcasts and they're pulling from you and then they're going, oh my God, this is hurting me. And you're going to tell them that they never really knew Jesus? Like, Matt. Oh, that's harmful. You're teaching them Jesus. So if they didn't know Jesus and you were their pastor, then the question therein lies, what are you presenting to them? Mm. And, and like, how, how can you be better in that? Um, so that I, that's like, I think the part I struggle with the most is like, you Mm. can make all the comments you want, but the things that you allude to in that section and the things that leaders often allude to in that conversation negates the responsibility that they hold and pushing someone to that place without giving them the resources to unpack it further. Like you taught them this. Right. So in some ways, I'm like, it's kind of on you to help them unpack it. Right. And not in a passive aggressive way. Yes. And the, I mean, this is something we've talked about from the very beginning, but just the the unwillingness to ask questions and to yeah. be just comfortable asking questions and to not have to provide an answer and yeah. to just be able to sit. I think as church leaders, that's important. I think as church leaders, just being able to like say that it's okay and show like it's okay to ask questions like you're not going to know everything about everything you might have some things that you're stronger in than others or some things that like you're really curious about but like right I just I feel like there's an unwillingness to even they ask a question you immediately give a response like we can't have any sort of like dialogue of like that's a great question I don't know right or like here's what I could think what do you think? Like uh-huh. having more back and forth or discovery. Um, even if at the end of the day, you know, like just being able to ask the questions, I feel yeah. like. It's vulnerable enough to struggle. And there's like a safety in being able to be honest about where you are without feeling like someone's going to look at you and say, you've never known Jesus. If you ask that question yeah, and that like, when they're the one who taught you the thing you're questioning in the first place, like that, that's a space that I think like just need to own. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that just sucks. Then there's also this notion where he says that it's sexy, that it's like, it's popular, right? That like cool kids are doing it. Right. It's just like the new fad. And that's like, just not how a process like this works. Like no. it's, it's a space where I feel like you're speaking to something you you might have experienced an iteration of, but as in Chandler's case, a person who is like the ideal candidate for the Western church, a straight white cisgendered man, Mm -hmm. you're not hitting the same walls that the people that you're speaking about are hitting most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it it is really hard because you're you're saying that it's like this fun thing everyone's doing. So if you're cool, you're doing it. And really, this is a painful choice where people are looking at this thing foundational to their life or these things that have been told to be true about them from the things central to their upbringing. And they're trying to figure out if they even believe it anymore. Mm -hmm. That's not sexy. That sucks. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm thankful I've gone through this process because like definitely my faith is so much more vibrant, authentic. Like I feel like I really wrestle with things more. But if I could have prayed away my questions, they would have been prayed away. Like if I could have just been like, you're not going to doubt anymore. You're not going to struggle with any of it. You're just going to believe it. Like I, if that prayer had worked, I wouldn't be here right now because I prayed that prayer so many times. Like I was just like, why can't I just shut up and believe it? Like, oh my gosh. Yep. 
Exactly. It's not yes. something that you're like, you know, it would be fun questioning everything I've ever believed in. That would be uh-huh. such a joy. That feels like something I really want to do right now. Yeah. That's yeah. so fun for me. God. And then and then it's ending it with the I love you. Let's sit down and talk about it. Because part of me struggles because I do think on one hand there is an understanding of love that leaders like this have right. as flawed as it may be that manifests itself in this kind of a context. Um, but it's just not the kind of love that I think people are looking for. Like the, Hey, you're wrong and I love you. And I'm going to tell you how it is. You've probably just never really tried it. Like that's not, that's not helpful. Right. Right. That's just like emotionally confusing. Um, and it doesn't really bode well to set someone up to feel safe in unpacking things. Like, I love you, I but you don't really know Jesus. You know? No. Like, it's just, it's overused. And so in all of those arguments, those are the things that I struggle with. Um, and yet his after comments, now assuming that they are genuine comments and not just like things right. you make right. in the wake of a really bad PR moment, there are some things I can appreciate, right? Like there are many definitions of deconstruction. Yes. I do think that's a good point that I want. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's not wrong. Um, now I, what I will say though, I've had, and you've had, and I'm sure all of us are in or have had dark nights of the soul. Right. Um, those are kind of coined as like spiritual crises as we try to grow closer to our relationship to God. They're like very painful. They're often born out of complicated circumstances. Um, and I think going off of his quote, there's a commonality in having compassion when people are in that space because it sucks. Right. right. Um, and I think that that is huge. And I think he has this like weird take on this idea of not knowing that is kind of the opposite of what we've presented here, right? Where it's like a negative thing to him that that you could just not ever know anything. And so somehow yes. that's like a bad thing. Right. And if you perceive it that way, then yeah, like that is a bad thing because you never feel like you're, you're like grasping for straws and you never feel like you get a footing. But I think that it's can also be perceived in the opposite light, right? That there's growth and development and recognition that happens as we go in never being able to comprehend the vastness of God, that it's complex Um, that there's freedom in a strange way to just know that you can try things on and God's cool with it because God is broader than the thing you're trying to do. Like there's just something about that, that I think is more liberating than how he presents it. Um, and in presenting it in a way where not having knowledge is negative, it reinforces this idea that you need people like him to tell you how it is. Yes. I mean, in the whole idea, oh my gosh, this just made me think of, Oh, it's the article. I, I talked about it in our um, like environmentalism episode. Lynn White. Um, uh-huh. He was a like Harvard professor. No, Princeton. It doesn't matter. He was very smart. Um, <laughs> but like wrote about essentially how Christianity is to blame for the environmental crisis that we're experiencing. But part of um, there's a connection, I promise. Part of his whole argument was this idea that Western Christianity is very tied to um knowledge seeking eastern christianity is very side to like or um closely tied with more like spiritual 
practice, like more mysticism, a little less like knowledge seeking. But that's what that just made me think of is this idea of like, we are so, I, it goes so far back that like mm-hmm. in Western Christianity, American Christianity, we need answers. Yeah. We have to be able to like prove it. We have to be able to like have the right argument and like, I gave up on having the right argument a long time ago. Like, I do think it's helpful to be able to articulate some of the things that you believe in to like really work through it. And I think you get better at that the longer you really sit with something. Uh But I think that like, while there are some things that I think it's good to have, like these are like the things that I believe. I think there's also beauty in being able to like continuously learn and be able to have the like, okay, these are the things that just make me connect with God. I don't need to know I'm never going to know everything. There is a mystery to it. And that's part of the beauty, right? Is this like divine being that we're never going to have the full answers to. Right. And that's lovely. And like, you know, finding mystery in the way that like nature makes us feel or um, like all the other spiritual practices we've talked about, right? Like astrology or tarot or crystals, like finding connection, prayer, meditation, like I don't know. I just think there's so much more to it than answers. And like, yes, I still want answers. Like it'd be lovely to just have a list of like, yeah, this is what's accurate. But I think there's a beauty and also the discovery and the wonder of it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yes. I totally agree with that. Um, so really just kind of in all of this, I think there are like two big takeaways for me that feel really important. Um, the first is that for, for those of you who are in a deconstruction space that still desire a relationship with Jesus, because I know we all fall in like different places in that. Right. Um, I hope that there is a level of comfort found for you in knowing that like God is present with you wherever you are. So if you need to step away, take a breather and come back or wrestle with something, um, or ask a lot of questions or get really angry and then get really sad and greet, like do what you got to do. God is present with you. This community is present with you. God can handle it. Like, right. I don't believe that your deconstruction by any means alludes to the idea that you don't know who Jesus is. In fact, I'm, no. I am confident that it can bring you closer to Jesus if yes. you desire for it to. Right. Um, and You know, if you are in a place where you just like don't know that you vibe with Jesus at the moment and you don't really want to hear that that is something active and present in your life, um, know that this community still supports you, right? That we want to make room for the stuff that you need um, and just to be a friend as you do it because we get it. It sucks. Sometimes you just need support from someone who's going to give you the permission to do what Mm -hmm. you got to do and you'll find that here. So. In yeah. both of those cases, know that we think you're doing a great job um, and we're proud of you. Yes, I think, thank you. Yes, Maddie, that was a beautiful way of just, um, I want to, I think it's important to note that like obviously our community, we talk a lot about deconstruction. So we, I feel like we really exist in that deconstruction, reconstruction space all along that continuum mm-hmm. spectrum, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like for people who either like you're just totally unpacking everything. Um, you may not even like identify as Christian. You may not be seeking to ever identify as Christian again. Like you may believe in God. You may really struggle with what you believe in God. Like you might be trying to like, I don't know, really rebuild 
everything. But um, yeah, I just think that's an important note of like wherever you fall on that, um, there is no judgment from us. I think you are doing great. It is hard work. And um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just be gentle with yourself. That's It's just a hard process and it's already so confusing. So yeah. 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 Keep, You're doing great. Keep doing the fight. Yeah. And keep asking the big questions. Right. Um, and as we go forward, you know, this is kind of the baseline that we're operating out of mm-hmm. in, in exploring what deconstruction is. We'll probably revisit this conversation a few times as time goes on, but um, know that we're kind of in it with you mm-hmm. and we're proud yeah. of you for doing the dang thing. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, friends, thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram at ogodpod, our website, ogodpod.com. Uh, leave us a rating, a review. That would just be so beautiful. Um, if you have someone in your life who like isn't sure what deconstruction is, um, maybe you think could like use some more clarity, like feel free to send this to them. Or like, yeah, just someone who maybe like doesn't fully understand deconstruction or you think like is kind of in that process but may not have language for it. Um, but yeah, we love you guys. Feel free to always talk to us, share your insight, um, tell us where you're at. Like it's always so meaningful to get to talk to you guys and hear where everyone is at. Yep. Yep, friends. Um, we're grateful for you and we just hope that you have the best week ever and we will catch you Ooh, in a couple of weeks. On the flippity flop. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Maddie and Reeves are both faith leaders and the following conversation reflects their standings and beliefs, not those of their place of employment.